Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Les Talk Podcast. We are very excited to be with you to recap a no-loss November. Heck yeah. Shout out to the BYU Athletic Department Mm -hmm. to review the best 15 college football games of the week, to review a dub that Danny took at the expense of Justin. Hallelujah. Kind of (laughs) sad. But we'll recap that. And recapping so much more that happened in BYU sports this week. For your all-comprehensive BYU recap, check out this episode of the Let's Talk Podcast. Make sure you check out our Instagram and our Twitter, at Let's Talk Pod. Share this episode with your friends. Now let's boom. Go Tigers. That field judge on the far side is in their pocket, man. Go over here, that's right! Let's back this booler. Yeah! Let's go, Let's go, baby. Let's go. Welcome in, listeners, to another episode of the only sports podcast that I'm aware of that is good. I think so. Uh, yes. And we're, as BYU fans, we are feeling pretty good about ourselves this month as we just officially finished No Lost November. (laughs) Clap it out. Wow. The BYU Athletic Department really killing it out here. That includes our football team, men's and women's basketball, women's soccer, and women's volleyball. That's crazy. All went undefeated the whole month. I don't know if that's ever happened. Yeah, I don't know when that happened. Like, Mm -hmm. that's crazy. I think, so the Saturday, this last Saturday, kind of finished it off. And coming into it, I was most worried probably about our women's soccer team and our women's basketball team. Because women's soccer, in the final, you know, in the Elite Eight, playing yeah. South Carolina, hadn't allowed a goal all season. And then our women's volleyball team was going to West Virginia, who was a top 25 program. Mm-hmm. But both of them came out with a dub, as did football and basketball. Yeah, I mean, what what our athletic program has done is absolutely incredible. We're really coming for, what do they call it again? The Commissioner's Cup? The Governor's Cup. What is it again? I commissioner. <laughs> the, I think Commissioner's the or commissioners Directors. The Director's Cup. I think we had the same question. The Director's Cup? Yeah, I think we, <laughs> we yeah. ask this question every time. We didn't do our research. Yes, it is the <laughs> Director's Cup. Yep. The NACDA. Okay. Okay, the director. We're coming for the director's we're cup. Shout out to that. Tom Holma, who has done just an absolutely incredible job with Rafiki. the BYU athletic program, getting the right coaches in, getting the programs the right resources they need in order to bring in the players and the coaches that they need. It is just incredible. The fact that we went undefeated in an entire month <laughs> is just a huge, huge blessing. Yeah. Something special is happening here in Provo. It really is. Yeah. Um, where do you guys want to start? Like, let's just. Go through the games that were played, you know, all the um, big news. Let's start with the women's soccer game. All right. Because Jared and I were there, and we had a good time. It was I mean, awesome. There's a lot of people there. You had to get there early to get a seat. Yeah. And there are a lot of people standing up, like, all around, you know, the sideline, behind the goals. Everywhere you could stand, someone was standing. Yes. <laughs> and it was a fun game. I think our offense was just too good, as always. South Carolina. <laughs> 
like Jared said, hadn't allowed a goal all postseason, but we came in there and blasted them four to one. So <laughs> yeah, I bet we they weren't showed them what we're made of. And yeah, it's just a really fun team. Got a couple super seniors who came back their extra COVID year, and they're having a special season. Yeah, it really was fantastic. Um, me and Kinley and my sisters, we got there like 10 minutes after it opened, and we mm. had to stand by the fence because yeah. it was so packed. It was a great environment. I think the biggest thing for me was Michaela Coolahan. Yeah. The opening goal, you know, she just like got the ball at the 18, at our own 18, mm-hmm. and just dribbled all the way down the, <laughs> the field and then just laid it off for a goal yeah. and... Our, our just our whole team was dominant in that game. I'm really looking forward to this Friday's game, ESPNU nationally yeah. televised. The quarterfinal, the College Cup. They were playing at Sorry. Santa Clara. Semifinal. Semifinal. Yeah. Max. Semifinal. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Final four. Semifinal. Yes. College Cup. Friday, 7:30 a.m. Mountain Time, ESPNU. Yeah. Which yeah. is incredible because that is BYU women's soccer's first appearance in the Final Four, whatever it's called, the College Cup, in mm-hmm. program history. Ever. Yeah. So yeah. that is incredible. They made it to the Elite Eight, what, four times? I think so. Something like that. Something yeah. like four times. But they've never the gone to the Final they've Four. they made it over the hump. And now, like you said, they're playing Santa Clara on Friday. They have a revenge match. They lost to them earlier this year, 1-0. to zero. I think BYU's going to be looking for revenge. I honestly think BYU might win this one by at least two goals. Really? That's a hot take. Yeah. Their last time they played Santa Clara, this happened a couple times to them, actually. They outshot them, like, 20 to 3 or 4 or something. Ugh. They just could not put the the ball in the back of the net. They just got so unlucky. It's happened also against Utah State. I don't mm-hmm. know if you remember. They just completely outshot them. Were the better team on offense, but couldn't score. I hope that they've... You know, learned from games like that this season and are ready in the off season to you know, put it all on the line and finish those chances. And if they do that, I think they can win pretty easily. Yeah, I agree. We have another uh, sport that's going to be taking place Friday night, which is going to be huge. Women's volleyball starts the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. Now, they got kind of jobbed. They got an 11 seed, even though they were ranked fourth in the uh, coaches' poll. Absolute mm-hmm. disrespect. <laughs> Which, that's like 11th overall, right? In right, the right. Vol- yeah. The women's volleyball tournament seeding. Right, yeah, because it's really weird how they do the seedings and stuff. But anyway, they play at home, Boise State, Friday at 7. Uh, ESPN will be broadcasting this, most likely ESPN+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Do you know who's on the other oh, side maybe. and who would meet BYU? <clears throat> is Utah and UVU that are playing each other. So it's likely that we'll get Utah at home the next time we play. Again. That would be fun. Since we played them earlier in the season. Mm -hmm. That would be interesting. It would be a ton of fun. I'm really excited for this. Our women's volleyball team, I don't think a lot of people know how good they are. They lost one game all season, and it was to top three Pitt. Yep. And it was at Pitt. And Mm -hmm. they didn't have their best player for that game, (laughs) Kevin Kerber. So I... (laughs) Our women's volleyball team is absolutely super good year. astronomically good. It is incredible. So moving on to basketball, it was an incredible week for both men's and women's basketball. Let's start out with the women because that's what we've been going through. The women's basketball team played a ranked West Virginia at West Virginia and came away with a narrow one-point victory. 
Oof, crazy. I remember checking the score to this one earlier in the day and seeing they were down like 10 or 11, and I was like, ah, oh, dang it. You know, no last November, but they came back, they fought back, scratched and clawed and snailed their way. Uh, was it the the foot thing? Their foot, foot muscle? The foot muscle. Oh, yeah, they crawled and slithered using their foot muscle. But they just they worked themselves back into the game bit by bit and ended up taking that dub. So proud of our girls. They went there without their head coach, who's been out with COVID for their yeah, last two games, true. and they've come away with two victories on a neutral court against ranked opponents. Mm-hmm. Amazing week for them. I went to check the ranking the rankings today, and I couldn't find them anywhere, and I was absolutely bewildered because <laughs> they are. Are they undefeated? Yeah, they six are undefeated. and zero, mm-hmm. and they just beat two ranked teams in one week. Both of those teams were still there in the rankings, but they weren't there. And <laughs> we later found out that there was a typo in the you know the rankings publishing thing, whatever it's called, <laughs> and they just left out BYU altogether, even they, though they're they ranked twenty one. They just literally just skipped literally it. Just skipped Not 21. to mention the number twenty one team. <laughs> they went eighteen, then eighteen again. Then 20, then 22. Yeah. <laughs> that was a kind of a blood-boiling moment for me. But I'm glad they're getting the respect they deserve, and they're ranked 21. And our men's team also had a good week. They did. Over the break. We overcame a halftime des- deficit. De- des- de- deficit. Is it deficit? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, deficit. They <laughs> overcame a halftime deficit. Ah! Defi- okay, yeah. they were down two at halftime. Down at halftime. Yeah. <laughs> How do you say it? Deficit. And they came back and they beat our bitter in-state rival that sucks by 11. The Scroots. The Scroots. Utes. And I take it it was a good game, judging by the box score in the game cast, but I wasn't able to watch it because I don't have Fubo TV and the Pac-12 Networks Plus Gold Package Extreme on uh, the add-ons. <laughs> yeah, so shout out to my exactly. brother John, who he had an internship with the UCLA athletic department a while back, so he's got kind of ties with UCLA. Ooh, so because of go. that, he has the Pac-12 network. Oh, nice! And I was Take able to watch it on his phone in the like, you know, when <laughs> in between plays at the at the football games because I was there. But uh, yeah, it was a, it was a really fun game. BYU jumps <clears throat> to number twelve in the AP top twenty-five. Crazy, which oh, yeah. is fun. Our basketball and football teams in the AP poll are both ranked number twelve. Would you look at that? Would you look at that? <laughs> no, that's pretty the interesting. Same ranking. I like that. I'm yeah. I'm happy we got the dub over Utah, especially because Colin Chandler decommitted from Utah and mm-hmm. came to BYU. Caleb Loner did the same thing. Caleb Loner had a fun time at the Huntsman Center. <laughs> <laughs> he got excited towards the end there against the team he was almost playing for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had a double double as well. Yeah, twelve yeah. boards, ten Gobbled points, up all the rebounds. He was really passionate about the rivalry. So it looks like, according to the box score, our offense wasn't the prettiest. You know, it wasn't an an explosive game for us. We were dunking left and right. Gavin Baxter was having himself a game. Yeah. Foose was having himself a game. Foose was back. From three-point line, we went two of 12. Alex Barcelo's shooting struggles are kind of continuing. So hopefully he can rebound pretty soon. Speaking of rebounds, we out-rebounded the Utes. Did pretty well in that department. We out-rebounded them by 17. Yeah. (laughs) That's to me. That's been the most consistent thing about you know this team's identity so far this season. Our shooting is kind of up and down. We've had a couple games where we're making our shots look really good on offense, and a couple games where 
it's been kind of ugly. Yeah. But the one thing that we've been doing game in and game out is rebounding the ball really well. I mean, especially Caleb Lohner. He seems to yeah. be dominating the boards every <laughs> missed shot, every opportunity. Dennis Rodman. But, yeah, we've got <laughs> a lot of good bigs down low. We get a lot of blocks, a lot of rebounds, and it's getting us a lot of wins. Yeah. Tejon Lucas, too. I've been so impressed with. Mm-hmm. Man, what a player. He's a playmaker. He's really come out of his shell. He had, what was it, 18 points? Yeah, in two straight games. Absolutely yeah. incredible. He's a floor general. Now he's not only just passing, he is scoring. He is a real threat on offense. When Barcelo is cold, Tejon Lucas can heat up. We have one of the best, the best guard combinations <laughs> in the nation. We Absolutely. really do. <laughs> two transfers. We love to see it. Mark Pope. <laughs> Mark Pope's doing you know, do it as he us. does. Bringing in the guys. We got an interesting grudge match this week. Ooh, revenge Wednesday, game. 7 p.m. Mountain on ESPN Plus slash TV slash I don't really know. At UVU, who is actually, they have a pretty good record. Yeah, they're a little frisky. Six and one this year. Their only losses to Boise State, even though that was by 20. <laughs> that was the first game of the year. Uh-huh. They have since won six straight. One of those against like a D2 school. Fun fact about UVU, they have played six Division One schools in those six, and they're all victories, or sorry, yeah, in their, in their six games, they have played three overtime games, so mm-hmm. half of their Division One games have been overtime games. All three overtime games have been victories. Interesting. Dang, they like their free basketball. <laughs> mm-hmm, yes, they do. That extra time. Notably, they beat Pepperdine. By mm-hmm. twelve, conference twelve. Yeah, that's. Which, I find that very interesting. Pepperdine is kind of struggling this year. Okay. Yeah. However, Pepperdine on the year is a solid, very very solid. Oh, it's not gonna tell me. I think they're two and four, if I'm not mistaken. Oof. Let me verify. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> right. Anyway, it's a grudge match for Connor Harding, who second leading scorer. Of the what are they? The Wolverines. Two and six. Yes. Pepperdine's two and six. Wolverines. Pepperdine's two and six. So that's not a very notable win. However, Connor Harding, Colby Leafson, and Blaze Neald all used to play for BYU and yep. now are playing for UVU. Yeah, grudge match for Mark Pope as well. Mm-hmm. The team he used to coach for <laughs> before he came. Ooh, true. To Provo. And Connor Harding transferred away from Mark Pope. Yeah, a little trouble in paradise there. Should we see some fireworks? That'd be awesome. That'd be fun. Broken clipboard. <laughs> the, the UCCU Crosstown Clash, <laughs> as this game is famously called. Is that really what it's called? Yep. <laughs> UCCU getting that sponsorship. That's beautiful. Shout out to them. <laughs> so that game is Wednesday night, like we said. Mm-hmm. Midweek game. Should be a fun one. It really should. Usually I'd... those games are a little too close for <laughs> my liking. Remember they beat us a couple years ago. Yes, that what, 2019 that they beat us? Honestly, I'd... Yeah. yeah, it, it all blends it together. It years ago. Basketball just blends together for me. <laughs> yep. Anyway, uh, last interesting note from this game, unless you guys have something else. Blaze Neald, mm-hmm. who, dope name, by the way, yes. he leads the team in assists and steals. Ooh. He never Ooh. really saw like any playtime at BYU, mm-hmm. but now he's leading the team in assists and steals. Good for him. Good for him. Good for him. I do yeah. have one more interesting stat about Connor Harding. His last six games, he has scored progressively less and less. He goes 18, 16, 14, 13, 11. Mm. So mm. look for him to score maybe 
nine against BYU. Okay, let's do it. Continue the trend. Mm-hmm. Let's get it done. So let's move on from basketball and talk about a very, very ugly win. <laughs> BYU took yeah. a trip to Southern California, drove into Los Angeles, and squeaked by the USC Trojans, thirty-five to thirty-one. <sighs> Who it's wants to start? Good. I got some thoughts on this. <laughs> I'll defer. I mean, if you got thoughts, let them fly, man. Get it off your chest. Let them fly. Oh, man. Safe space, Jerry. <laughs> we are so lucky. <laughs> USC just out A-rodded A-rod. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> BYU, first half looked fantastic. Yes. Right? We're up, what was it, 21-13. Mm-hmm. We made it 28-13 in the third quarter. And then we just fell asleep. Like, we just lost all offensive identity. Jaron Hall just started. I, oh, I don't man. really know. He had some... Ugly throws. He's like pressing the wrong button or something. <laughs> Throwing picks, got bailed out on a pick where they called it that um, roughing the passer, Ru- oh. which was horrible call at best. Yeah, Hor- yeah. terrible call. Definitely. But it all comes down to this last final drive, right? Which, by the way, Tyler Algier, somebody get him like some morphine and put him on a stretcher. He needs Man. some rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He yep. needs he really like does. I don't. He needs a back the tank. You can throw him in there with a diaper and a scuba tank. Um, <laughs> anyway, we score a touchdown. Shout out McGoatney. And McGoatney. USC's coming down. And on fourth and six, I don't know how many times I've seen this, but they ran a five yard in on yeah. fourth and six. They got stopped one yard short. How? Came up I, short. Well, I, I just, I will never, ever understand why you run a five yard route on fourth and six. See, these offensive coordinators are playing chess, but we're playing checkers. Apparently, they have oh, yeah. some greater design. Maybe they just assume that a tackle will get broken or something. But, yeah, I'm with you. That makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, it was, it was bad. Yeah. So, I, I honestly just think we're lucky to get out of there with a win. I feel like usually, nine times out of ten, like, past BYU, like 2010's BYU, lose this game yeah. every single time. Oh, yeah. We don't mm-hmm. win that one. For sure. I got some thoughts about this game. I was actually at this game. I was in the Los yes. Angeles Memorial Coliseum. Me mm. and my dad and my brothers. It's a lot of fun. Uh, the USC atmosphere is absolutely pathetic. <laughs> 100% pathetic. I do not understand how they have blue blood status. Yeah. The stadium was like, what? I think it was 60% full. That is only because BYU filled up more than half of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. There was more blue than red. The, the only reason there was an illusion of... SC fans there is because the seats are red. Yeah. All of the ah, seats are red. So it kind of gives that illusion, right? Sneaky. We were sitting in a section that was all BYU. There was all BYU across from us. There was only red in the student section and behind it. The fans were kind of lackluster. They were poor. Didn't really know how to cheer for football. Took their shirts off at a random time and just started chanting, <laughs> F the Mormons. The, which interesting. Real classy, Classic. and to USC Athletics uh, credit, they actually did send out an official apology to BYU for that. San Diego State wouldn't do that. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, Close. honestly, like, any university at some point is going to start chanting F the other team. It's when they bring religion into it when the university takes an issue with it. But uh, <laughs> the non-student fans that we were sitting by, because we, we were sitting by a couple USC families, they were cool. You know, funny football guys that you can just joke around with and banter with. Kind of like the guy we sat by at the Wildcats game. Exactly. Oh, that yeah, guy that's so fun. <laughs> that invited us to go to a sports bar with him after, even though we were all 20 at the time. Yeah. <laughs> that guy was classic. So, yeah, it wasn't a, exactly a super exciting game. 
Uh, it was close, which made the game fun, but I really would have preferred that the game not be that close and not come down to the wire like that. Yeah, one notable thing for me is Keanu Reeves Hill, mm. who again had a great game. He's put together a few of those these last few weeks of the season since he came back. Um, first of all, he's got great hair. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, he does. He does. Yep, ten out I of ten. I love hair. how that comes out of the back of his helmet yeah. and like mm-hmm. his little poofy. Oh, it's good. Ten, ten out of ten. Is hair. enough for a starting spot for me. <laughs> but he he was our leading receiver this week. And he had one of Jaron's two touchdown passes. So, good week for him, and we'll be happy to have him here next season as well. Hopefully, yeah. we can build off of that. That, by the way, that touchdown, when Jaron threw that, like the broadcast angle, it looked like there's just like two USC guys down there. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. what? And then Keanu Hill just comes out of nowhere zip, and catches yeah. it. Oh, Snags it. So lucky. But he has been. Really, really amazing. Oh, yeah. Stepping in for, uh, what's his name, Neil Pau, mm-hmm. these last couple of weeks. We haven't dropped a beat. Like, we haven't skipped a beat at yeah, all. we've got great depth at that receiver spot. He looks like a future star. Mm-hmm. He looks like he will mm-hmm. be incredible at BYU. He's only a freshman. Dude. Yeah, a freshman. He is a freshman out of Texas. Dude is incredible. I can't wait to see how much he develops. Whoa. Now that you say that, oh, oh I thought we were going to see a Heineke pylon dive again. Oh, <laughs> we got Monday Night Football up in the TV. Okay. <laughs> now that you say that he's from Texas, he really reminds me of Ross Oppo. Yeah. That's you guys remember okay, that? Ross Oppo. I can see that. Sure, totally yeah. reminds Maybe like a little bit faster, like a smaller, faster Ross Oppo. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, that uh, Texas pipeline we somehow have. SEC? Yeah, mm-hmm. getting ready. Oh, the, okay. big, the big 12 pipeline. That's what the big 12 pipeline's coming in, so <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, notables, Tyler Algier. He had 21 for 111, two touchdowns. Dope. He really needed a rest, though. You could see he was limping off the field. Yeah, oh, he was. Yeah. Yeah. He's had a long year. Yeah. <laughs> Lucky for us, though, we got McGoatney. McGoatney came on Jackson McGoatney. Three rushes, 17 yards, and... A tutty. Crucial tutty. And that tutty was awesome. He was like bouncing off people left oh, yeah. and right. Well, now looking ahead for BYU football, not a lot of things went our way this rivalry weekend. But Dan has been crunching some numbers. Dan, let's hear what you got for us. Yeah, I was crunching some numbers today during my religion class. <laughs> As one does. Definitely yeah, multitasking. Obviously paying attention to everything my professor said. <clears throat> but also crunching these very important numbers. And what I have is this, and it's based on one assumption that BYU moves up to 12 in the college football player ranking like they did in the AP poll. Jumping Oklahoma, who yeah, dropped Oklahoma from 10 to 13. lost and dropped behind um, Oregon and Michigan State, who are ahead of us, which I think is a safe assumption. Mm-hmm. The AP poll and the, the playoff ranking have kind of mirrored each other with the top 12 teams. So if we're 12... As it stands now, we are in a New Year's Six Bowl. Oh, mm. yes. I looked at the affiliations mm. this year. We have the Rose Bowl, which is obviously Big Ten, Pac-12, mm-hmm. and the Sugar Bowl, which is Big 12 and SEC. The way the top 12 is right now, we have exactly what we need for us to get the last at-large spot with no other automatic qualifier jumping us to get the spot. So we're very lucky in that respect. Um, Alabama or Oklahoma State could make the playoff, mm-hmm. and we'll still be okay. That won't affect us. The one 
caveat is the ACC championship game because there's no one in the ACC ranked ahead of us at the moment. Luckily, they don't have an automatic bid. But if their conference champion jumps us, then we're obviously out. Right. Because we have the last at-large spot. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. We have Wake Forest and Pitt facing off. They both have two losses, just like us. Neither of them have great wins. Uh, I think our best win is better than their best win, but Mm -hmm. also we all have those losses. So it's really hard to say what will happen, and this could all change if something weird happens when the rankings come out, but that's where we are now. Not a bad place to be. And I think we're looking good. I do worry about that ACC champ, though. And here's why. Last year, Oregon was nowhere near the rankings and suddenly got ranked number 25 and went to the Fiesta Bowl, mm-hmm. right? Even though they were 25th. And so I've been talking to some people, I've been doing some research, and apparently there's something called a displaced conference champion. Yes, mm. I've heard about that. Where if a Power 5 champion would usually have a bid to a New Year's Six Bowl, but doesn't. So, like, for example, Pitt, right? Say they mm. win out. If they, if in a normal year they would go to the Orange Bowl or the Cotton Bowl or whatever the heck yeah. it is that they have like a bid to. the CS Bowl. That right. They have an affiliation with. Right, but because that bowl is the playoff, <clears throat> they're still guaranteed a slice of the pie. Mm. Kind of like Oregon, because they couldn't go to the Rose Bowl, even though they won the Pac-12 championship, so they sent them to the Fiesta Bowl. So I worry about that happening mm-hmm. with an ACC champ getting that como, that like, I almost said como, like Spanish. <laughs> como, <laughs> like, like as an at-large instead of us. That's what I worry about. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm worried about that as well. Luckily, the Fiesta Bowl uh, has two at-large spots. Mm-hmm. So even if somebody does jump us and get that at-large, and we still have that opportunity. It's a mm-hmm. weird thing because the ACC championship game is between Pitt and Wake Forest. Two schools that do not have huge alumni networks. Pitt probably larger than Wake Forest. <laughs> Wake Forest has <laughs> like 12,000. Yeah, it's got like 12,000 total <laughs> alumni. alumni. <laughs> so neither of those schools are huge money makers. BYU definitely has a larger alumni network. We're closer to the Fiesta Bowl also. Closer to the oh, Fiesta yeah. Bowl. I think we would probably bring in more revenue. The one thing that worries me, if Wake Forest wins, I think we're chilling. I think we're fine. Okay. If Pitt wins... They have Kenny Pickett at QB, who has been in the Heisman conversation mm. as a rookie. Do you give him another chance to prove himself in the Fiesta Bowl? Because he is yeah. playing very well, exciting offense, very exciting to watch. Yeah, I, that's what I'm most worried about right there, is Kenny Pickett influencing that decision. That's a tough one. I, <sighs> and I guess we don't know who the finalists are for the Heisman yet, right? So we don't know if he is going to be in New York, right? If a New Year's Six Bowl would benefit him that much as far as in in that respect. Mm-hmm. But that is a good point because he would bring a lot of eyes, especially if he's a finalist for the Heisman. That would bring a lot of eyes and a lot of money. And let's be honest, college football playoff committee doesn't really like to share. No. Oh, no. They like to keep the revenue. They like to keep old money old. They yep. do not want new money in college football. Oh, is that Great Gatsby reference? Oh, yeah. I like that. Mm. The, the old West Egg or something. Yeah, Tom Haverford. I mean, not Haverford. I'm Tom. Yeah. All right. Another, I'm thing, Tom another thing to look at is Oregon right now is two spots ahead of us. Mm. And Utah, 
according to the latest CFP rankings, is like six spots behind us. So if Utah beats Oregon and Oregon drops below us, we move up one spot. Mm. So the question is, would Utah jump ahead of us with you know our similar resumes, the head-to-head, or would they stay behind us and we still move up a spot? That's another thing to keep an eye on. Yeah, because I think Utah would go to the Rose Bowl, right, as a Pac-12 champ? Yes. But I see what you're saying, like, because moving up in the rankings makes us look better, makes us look more attractive. A little bit harder for someone else to jump us. Exactly, yeah. Like Wake Forest or something. Yeah, I don't know. Utah jumping us, I think, is far-fetched because they are a three-loss team, and because right now they're at number 19. Uh, 19 to... 12, or if they replace Oregon 19 to 11, that'd be quite a jump. Although, a they jump. will move up tomorrow, because Texas A&M and Wisconsin both oh, lost. Oh, that is, that is, that is yeah, so they, I could, so they I could, could definitely see them. That is a more realistic jump, but like Dan was saying, even if they do, uh, even if they do, like, get the Rose Bowl bid, and they're behind us, it won't affect us. Yeah. Well, that is definitely something for us to keep our eyes on in championship weekend. Yep. Still possible, but I honestly would say less than 50% odds. Yeah. Go to New Year's Six. Yeah. And honestly, at this point, like, <laughs> at this point, do we really want to go to New Year's Six Bowl? I mean, yes, we'd have a full month to heal up, right? Mm-hmm. But still, we're not in good shape right now. It does bring revenue. True. It's got a million dollar yeah. payout. It'd so that fun. is absolutely something that BYU is wanting. You know, they're having they're doing another auction this year because I think it was another down year uh, for the athletic. I, they're still trying to recover from the COVID year, really. You know, they they lost a lot of revenue, so I think getting this million dollars from the New Year Six Bowl would definitely be, be would definitely be beneficial to our athletic program. That's very true. Yeah, I mean, I think it would be good for the players, probably the fans, the program, the momentum. All that stuff, we would, I don't know how well we'd do, <laughs> I hate to say that, but <laughs> the way we played against USC and kind of the injuries we're dealing with, a little banged up, we'd have to play someone like Michigan State or, you know, um, one of the ACC champions, which would be better uh, yeah. than Michigan State, but I still think it would be fun for the program, and if, you know, if we can, I'd like to see us go, but. Again, I don't, not super confident. Yeah. Especially because we're going to the Big 12, though. I wonder if that influences true, the college football playoff committee yeah. in saying that. These guys aren't P5, but they're making that transition. Yeah. And to make the Big 12 more interesting, may as well be. maybe it's mm. important to give teams like Cincinnati and BYU, who are entering the Big 12, some of that, some of the piece of the pie so that they can transition, mm. make, make a faster transition and make the conference more relevant right away. It's an interesting topic. That's, that's a good point. Yep. Lots of conspiracy theories going on here. A lot of variables. Speaking of lots of variables, <laughs> can we talk about what's going on this week? What has gone on this week? It's literally, we're recording right now, Monday night. Yes. And the yeah. coaching carousel has already done six billion revolutions. Full steam ahead. It is spinning full steam ahead. It all started off with a coach making the transition from G5 to P5, mm-hmm. Billy Napier. Head coach at University of Louisiana Lafayette, being named the head coach at the University of Florida. Florida. Uh, for me, this one kind of smells like another Jim McElwain hire. Do you guys remember when Florida hired him, and he was coming from Colorado State? 
and he had done really well at Colorado State, and then comes to Florida, and then just... <laughs> I like kind of what this smells like to me, mm. but I think Billy Napier maybe has a little bit more of an edge because he's been in SEC country. He kind of knows, like, yeah. you know, whose recruits are what. Like, he knows kind of the vibe of the land. So, I don't know. I think it'd be nice for Florida to be good again. That'd be a... Uh, that I think that would be good for college football. Yeah, I think so too. I don't, I think for Florida it can't get much worse than it was this year. So <laughs> hopefully Billy Napier can go in there and make some improvements and you know for the team and for himself as well making that transition. It's probably making a lot more money. Oh, so, mm-hmm. yep, good mm-hmm. trip. <laughs> but yeah, let's hope he can get Florida back on its two feet. Mhm. Everyone needs to remember as well that Billy Napier is not new to the SEC. He was the wide receivers coach at Alabama under Nick Saban for a few years. Mm. He understands the Saban system. He understands the Saban recruiting system that you need to implement in Mm. the SEC in order to be relevant. Dan Mullen didn't want to do that. That's why he's fired. Billy Napier seems like he's willing. That's why he'll be the coach for the next few years. And I think he has a shot to do pretty well. Yeah. Another G5 coach that's going to P5 is Kalen DeBoer. 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 The head coach of Florida, Fresno, Oof. not Florida, Fresno State is going to Y-Dub. U-Dub. 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 Jared's kind of struggling with the the whole English thing today. It's because mm-hmm. Washington football team is going to choke away this game. Never not. not. Oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, what do you guys think about this one? Too I think this is... for Taylor Heineke. <laughs> How much time they give him? I think this is kind of the same thing. Like... You know, he's done pretty well at the G5 level, but I I don't know. I, I really don't know because U-Dub is in a very similar situation to Florida right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I completely agree with that. Uh, Fresno State's done very well recently. They've had a incredible quarterback. Maybe that speaks to how well that uh, Kalen DeBoer can recruit. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll see. Yeah. Should we get to the uh, big, as they're called, blockbuster hires? Oh, Let's see shall. it. So. First one, the big bombshell that dropped on, was it Sunday? It was like Sunday morning, too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Lincoln Very Riley, head coach of Oak or Homer, is leaving for USC. Oh, wow. my goodness. That's, that's a surprise. <laughs> yeah, how are you feeling about this one? Um, this one caught me off guard. Um, Oklahoma, it seemed like... I mean, he's, he's doing pretty well, and they had the whole SEC transition coming. Mm-hmm. seemed like Oklahoma was in a decent spot, although they did take some losses towards the end. But USC, I feel like right now, is doing much worse than Oklahoma <laughs> is. So. Yeah. Um, and like Justin said earlier, they don't exactly have the fan excitement or engagement that Oklahoma has. Hopefully he can go in there, get kind of a fresh start, and... Revive USC, that would also be good for college football, I feel like. Yeah. So, that's a very interesting one. Yeah, I'm actually really pumped about this one. I think it's great for USC. And I think that there's some, like, commentary out there that, uh, what's his name, Lincoln Riley's kind of scared of the SEC. He just wants to be the best in his conference, you know, because he had kind of an easy ride of it while he was at Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And now he's going to do the same thing in the Pac-12. I think it's the cachet that USC brings. Like, yes, there's history with Oklahoma, but like, would you rather be in Norman or LA? 
right? Mm, exactly. Right. There's so much more money around the USC program. There's so much more like cachet, like the, the eyes on the program. And yeah. I think that's really what he wants. He wants to have all of the unlimited resources, the unlimited, you know, no strings attached. And I think he can be really good at USC. And also, I'm really happy because I'm sick of seeing Utah go to the Pac-12 championship game. Yeah. So. Let's get some competition in there. Yes, please. Speaking of the money, apparently no, nobody has like seen his official contract yet because USC is a private school. They don't necessarily need to report it. Right. But mm-hmm. it is estimated that – or it is, it is thought that USC has purchased Lincoln Riley and his family a multi, multi-million dollar home <laughs> in the Los Angeles area. <laughs> Based so on he didn't, he's passed, I believe it. <laughs> so they didn't even he didn't even have to buy a house. They bought it for him. It was worth a lot. There is a lot of money there. And That's I gotta nice. completely agree with Dan. If USC is good again, if the Pac twelve gets relevant again, that is just good for college football as a whole. Yeah. Bring back West Coast football. Yes. Yes, please. That would be awesome. Uh as far as the Oklahoma job goes, anybody have any thoughts on who's gonna replace him? Just off the top of your head? Uh, it's fun that Stoops is coming out of retirement to be the interim coach. Uh, I have absolutely no clue. I'm kind of, I've been hearing a few things floating around. Um, I, I know everybody's talking about if Clemson's defensive coordinator. Mm, Brett Venables. Brett, Brett Venables. Honestly, I don't know who would be a good fit for Oklahoma because Oklahoma is kind of like a legacy program. Yeah. Right. Uh, what's his name? Lincoln Riley was groomed by Stoops for that head coaching job, and that did not happen for the next candidate. So it's going to be something crazy. I, I Honestly, I think Oklahoma's lost right now. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Yeah, personally, I have a feeling Lane Kiffin is going to be the coach. I don't know why. Hmm. doesn't really make a ton of sense because he's doing really well at Ole Miss. But Oklahoma, you know, is bigger. And the Washington football team just gave up a touchdown no. with 15 seconds left. No. <laughs> they got to go for two to tie it. That's true. But no. <laughs> And there's 15 seconds. And the guy's no. name is Freddie Swain. Oh, my. Going to what overtime, folks. We'll see. Anyway, one uh, last thought on the Lincoln Riley thing. Spencer Rattler is in the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. I fear, this was brought to me by my father, I fear Spencer Rattler may go somewhere in the Pac-12, 40 miles north of BYU. Oh, no. Can you man. see it? You can totally can see, it, right? see it. They love their Why would QBs. they do that though with their QB right now doing so well? They do have Cam Rising who True has but, a future, supposedly. True, but think of Coach Witt, man. Mm. He's the king of just getting as much as he can whenever he can. He's ruthless. He's ruthless. And I could totally see Spencer Rattler doing that because he obviously didn't work out at like one of the super high end programs. So he Yes! Washington holds on the two-point conversion. Holds. Picked off the attempt, and they're up by two with 15 seconds. Yes. Anyway. You were saying? Yeah, I don't know. I worry about that. I, I do agree. It is a long shot, but, yeah, I don't know. Because I feel like as soon as Spencer Rattler goes to Utah, he would suddenly be good. Yeah, that would happen. With BYU's luck, yeah. Honestly, <laughs> I'd trust Spencer Rattler to suck, though. So That's true. <laughs> he just wasn't good. Poor decision making. I don't know. Whittingham is the type of coach to teach him to do better. Right. I don't know. Hopefully, uh, it just doesn't end up happening. Hopefully, he'll end up at, I don't know, Stanford or Washington State or something Cal. like that. And we just go to Cal. Cal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then the last one in the coaching carousel. This bomb just dropped like an hour ago. 
It's how you feeling about <clears throat> a certain somebody going to LSU? Brian Kelly leaving the Notre Dame job for the LSU job. Um, this was a surprise. <laughs> that says it all. <laughs> yep, this one came out of nowhere, and you know from what we've heard, Notre Dame is just as surprised as we are <laughs> that he's doing this. Um, Notre Dame is ranked number six in the latest rankings. They're going to a New Year's Six Bowl. Um. Oh no! Wait, did Seattle just get the onside? Seattle, Seattle just got the onside, the onside kick right at seconds. the ten yard mark. And they're only down two. Hey, fifteen seconds. Okay. Fifteen seconds. But they only need a field goal to win. Knowing mm-hmm. Washington, they'll give up a hail mary and lose it. But it's okay. You had them on the ropes. We played no, no. still. It's okay. Yeah, we just got live reaction going. <laughs> yeah, Brian Kelly to LSU. Um. I mean, LSU kind of is a, a big job, but they've had a couple down years after their championship. Um, it's I don't know if it's an upgrade for Brian Kelly, but he did it anyways. Yeah, I. You know, I. It just completely blindsided me. I think he's kind of like the weird kind of quirky that would fit at LSU, kind of like a Les Miles, but without the allegations and the spotted history. I'm just, I can't get my mind off of the new, the Notre Dame job now. Mm-hmm. Who are, who's going to be the new Notre Dame? Like, that's such a storied program. That's such a coveted coaching position. How, I I don't know. Like, who do you hire if you're USC yeah. or Notre, Notre Dame? Dame. You see, that, that is a job that only comes open every decade. Once in a billion yeah. years, exactly. Once a billion. Luke Fickle has expressed in the past, he's turned down multiple Big Ten jobs. He has said that he is interested in Ohio State, in Michigan, and in Notre Dame. Those are the three schools That's that he's true. interested in. He has built something beautiful in Cincinnati. They're going to the Big 12. But like you said, Jared, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. The Notre, Dame co- the, the Notre Dame coaching job will not come open again while Luke Fickle's in his prime. So Luke Fickle has got to make a decision. If not, we have heard in the past that... Uh, Notre Dame's defensive coordinator, they really like him. Mm, so I wouldn't okay. be surprised if they ended up promoting him to the head coaching job. Interesting. I could see that. I Honestly, those are probably your best options because I don't see anybody else. Maybe Dave Aranda, maybe Pat Narduzzi, but I just don't think they have enough experience. Yeah. Because Notre Dame, like like you said, it comes open once in a billion years. You're not going to hire somebody on a whim, right? Exactly. Notre Dame wants to win now, I think. Yes. They always Mm -hmm. want to be competitive. And Luke Fickle, didn't he just get extended with Cincinnati? Did I hear that? Um, I'm not sure. I haven't heard anything about a Luke Fickle extension. Maybe. Got to do some quick research. In 2020, he finalized the contract extension through 2026. That was last year that he had his his, uh, extension. But his salary is only three point four million annually, which, to be fair, oh, they just re-kicked the. Why yeah. did they re-kick it? Because they said it only went nine yards. There was like an illegal formation oh. of some kind. Well, mm-hmm. congrats, WFT, get Washington the prime time win. Yeah, that's great. They're in the wild card spot now. 
That's crazy. Officially. Let's go. <laughs> They're right where they want to be. Yep, barely got yep, it, but they got, got it. it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Luke Fickle's getting paid $3.4 million annually. That is laughable for Notre Dame. Yep. Yeah. Notre Dame can pay, pay that much every month. Double that. Double that, yeah, every month. <laughs> mm-hmm. Speaking of which, Kalani would just love to even smell $3.4 million. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. But <clears throat> I don't know. I think he's the best candidate for the job, but I don't know if he takes it with Cincinnati going to Big 12. I don't know. Like you said, it's once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, so. Last few words about this. We talked about Notre Dame coming open. We didn't talk a whole lot about Brian Kelly. Uh, I think this makes a whole lot of sense for him. It makes a whole lot of sense for him recruiting-wise. At Notre Dame, he couldn't get kids that did not have great academic averages. Uh, he couldn't get kids with certain character issues. That will not be an issue at LSU. <laughs> he will be able to He will be able to recruit anywhere he wants. Kids with 2.0, 2.5 GPAs, he'll be able to get them in and keep them eligible, which was an issue at Notre Dame, keeping kids eligible. Mm-hmm. And you won't have to deal with those character issues anymore because LSU will take them. LSU wants to win. They're committing all the resources to him. He, Brian Kelly wants to win a national championship before he retires. He saw the writing on the wall, and he saw that he reached his ceiling at Notre Dame. It's time for LSU to win another national championship here in the next couple of years. I Honestly, if I had to put money on it, I'd say within the decade, LSU is going to have another yeah, even within like seven, eight years, mm-hmm. they'll have another national championship. Mm, yep. Yeah, it's a good hire for them. I'm excited to see. I think it's, I mean, as much as we bag on the SEC, it's fun when LSU is good. Yeah, yeah. Particularly. I right. do like it when LSU not is Alabama, good. not Georgia, just LSU. They're just a lot more fun. I feel like LSU or Auburn when they're good, or even when Texas A&M is good, then that's good for college. It makes football. it interesting yeah, too in the exactly. SEC. Need more competition. Yeah. Um, so with the finish of the regular season, I have an announcement Ooh, for an everyone announcement. here. Okay. Yes, it's a very important announcement. Uh, more to Justin and Danny than me. Oh, okay. So if you guys remember, we had a little cheese it bet. Oh, oh yeah. So Justin picked UNC to finish higher in the ACC than mm-hmm. Miami, and Danny had Miami finishing higher. Now, yes. let's review the bets. We had... Justin, if he wins, then Danny is going to have to walk around with cheese in between each of his toes for a full day. Yeah. And if Danny won, if Miami was higher, then Justin would have to eat, how many Cheez-Its was it? 34 Cheez-Its? Yeah, something like that. We have it written down somewhere. There's a lot of Cheez-Its. So. In like 20 seconds or something. Yeah, with no water. No water. In the ACC Coastal. We had Miami at second in the ACC Coastal at second five and in three coastal. in conference, and North Carolina went three and five in conference. Ooh. Oh, that's dumb. That is so <laughs> so dang. Dumb because I think UNC UNC finished six and six. Miami did they also finish six and they six? They finished seven and five. Overall. Did they finish seven and five? It was that last wow. game against NC State. Yeah, UNC Gosh. had a. Harder Dang schedule it. down the stretch. So, yeah, I lost that cheese a bet. Uh, I feel really bad about it. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to cry. Uh, check us out on Instagram, and you will see me eating a whole lot of Cheez-Its. Uh, because, you know, honestly, I'm not even mad about it. I get to eat Cheez-Its. Yeah, it's so not the worst punishment. I've this is a happy heard. bet. I am a happy person. Happy tears, not sad tears. Happy win, tears win. rolling down my face. So 34, I underestimated it. It's 48 Cheez-Its 48 in 20 seconds in with 20 no water. Seconds, no water. 48 yeah. Swallowing, got to go down. We'll have okay. to count them out for you. <laughs> we'll put it in a little bowl. 
<laughs> oh man. So yeah. yeah, look out for that on the Instagram. <laughs> that is going to be yeah, that's going to be disastrous. <laughs> All right. And then we'll finish up here just with our fastest 15 and a little picks recap. Uh it was not a good week as far as picks go. Nope. Yeah, it wasn't ideal. Uh shout out to the fans. You guys went 3 and 7. You guys Josh suck. Fans. We love you, but you suck. But we love we are definitely more qualified to be here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was more of a morale boost for us yeah, it was. than anything. <laughs> we were struggling. And we, yeah, we needed that morale boost, so thanks, guys. Yeah, I went a... I mean, it wasn't abysmal, but it was pretty miserable. Four and six, mainly just because Ohio <laughs> State got... Yeah. I, I'm trying to think of a word, but Ohio State got schmangled. They got word. their heads beat in with a sledgehammer. They got fadoodly bumped. <laughs> yes. That was... Sorry, I didn't mean to take that off the picks, but I'm just still, like, reeling from that. That so. was a tough loss. Yeah. I hope somebody checked in on Jared, because I think Jared was struggling all Saturday after that. Yeah. If you guys have noticed, Dark I no day. longer have a beard. Oh. Okay. Oh, the beard okay. was shaved. I was over a I, Yes. I had to take a break. New <laughs> about about the middle of the third quarter after that unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, oh, man. which was abs. Oh, okay. We're not okay, going to okay, okay. go back to the picks. <laughs> back to the picks. <laughs> Justin, Dan, you guys both on five and five. Broke even. Yeah, yeah. Five hundred in a tough week. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, especially that kind of crazy week. week. As far as the upset picks went, uh, you guys heard my reaction. Uh, as I saw Kansas State choke the game away against Texas. Yep. Uh, Dan and Justin, you guys had better uh, better results. Yeah, both the teams we picked murdered the other team. Uh, yes. can, for Dan, Kentucky murdered Louisville. For me, Western Kentucky murdered Marshall. Granted, Marshall's QB got hurt in the game. So, Plus three for both me and Dan. So Yeah, good, good for us. That's my first plus three, I think. Uh, I think it is. Your second, second plus three. Oh, okay. Second plus three. Well, good okay. for me then. Yeah. Congrats, Dan. So, the upset picks now, the guests are at a combined one. Nice. Danny at seven, Justin at 12, me at 14. Alrighty. Ooh, comeback. It's, it's getting close. It's getting really close. Jared was up for a long time. Alrighty. Well, let us get into our fastest 15. Yes. Cue the music. The granddaddy of them all. Bum. Bum, bum, bum. We start off in Ann Arbor, where we're just getting this over with. Jimothy Harbaugh's hog Molly said, Come over here and let me beat your head in, absolutely owning the Ohio State line on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. The U Jackmans told Ryan, Not today as they kicked his nuts right out of CFP contention. Michigan finally gets the dub. 42-27. to 27. It's good for the rivalry, Boom. Mm-hmm. Everybody get in the DeLorean. We're heading back in time to Friday, where hey. Dr. Stephen Strange Keesian broke the sacred timeline, giving way for a long-awaited Longhorn win. Kansas stank stunk more than Kathleen Kennedy at the as the Kyle Watts led one of the most pathetic game-winning drives since the rise of Skywalker. Chance of... Yikes. We're back! Echoed around the multiverse as Texas finished at 5-7 and 7 and 7th in the Big 12. Wow. Longhorns win 22-17. Good for that. Next up, 
We head to Abraham Lincoln, where four scores was exactly what the Huskers forked over in the fourth quarter. Oh, nice one. These Hawkeyes aren't cool enough for their own TV show, but they took advantage of Nebraska's Nebraska-ness and are now en route to in the Annapolis mm -hmm. for the B1G title game. Oh, huh? Iowa? Iowa nails Nebraska, 28-21. to 21. We head to the war on I-4, where Yusuf and Yusuf wage a defensive battle almost as stunning as their uniforms. Mm -hmm. The bounce house was absolutely bouncing, even though the slime line outgained and outpossessed the Knights all day long. But in the end, Timmy McClunker's 37 awareness rating <laughs> bit the balls in the butt, giving Gus Malzahn and company their eighth win of the season, 17 to 13. In a game bound to be rated number one in your NCAA 13 ESPN Instant Classics, the NC State Wolfpack took down Sam. How the L did the Tar Heels lose? And North Carolina. UNC's defense was non-existent in the last 40 seconds as North Carolina State blew right through them like a Taco Bell chicken chalupa after 30 minutes of exercise. <laughs> State takes home the dub, 34 to 30. We head to Washington. The state, that is. Where Washington's apples got squeezed into juice by the Cougars. <laughs> That was so bad. That's <laughs> the that worst was great. cougar sound. Jaden Delaura got on his sled and whipped the huskies while he rode away on the back of his dog sled. Mm. Now we are left with a pressing question. Will Washington be fine for Washington State fans rushing the field? Mm -hmm. Wazoo wins 40 to 13. Wow. Oh, yeah. In Hull, Texas, Dave Blueberry put in all the stops, eking out a meager three-point victory over the Red-ish Raiders. Gary the Snail Bohannon slithered slash crawled or glided on his muscular foot back into the locker room, leaving Blake Shapen to do his dirty work. Now it all comes down to rematch with the Pokes for the Big 12 Championship. Baylor squirms by 27-24. Oye, que paso? Wide out, wide out. The day after tomorrow was Saturday for Sparty and the Nittany Lions. Nittany, however you pronounce those lions, mm -hmm. who ended up fighting the elements more than they fought each other. Despite the Penn State pasties camouflage, the Spartans played more like wampus. Only this time they walked away with both their arms. Mm. Penn 15 State refuses to help out BYU, losing to Michigan State 27 to 30. We don't even have to be watching BYU game for the Cougars to get screwed. <laughs> In the battle for Paul Bunyan's axe. The Golden Gophers rode their boat over to chop down Wisconsin's hope for a Big Ten title. There was no excess of offense in this one as Graham <coughs> made our eyes hurt, and Wisconsin's only touchdown was by a defensive player. Oh my. Minnesota had 75 rushing yards, but dug their way to a 23-13 victory. In Ed Ogron's last game as an LSU Tiger, he did the absolute impossible. He made Max Johnson look like a competent QB. <laughs> Jimbo went fishing for a W and reeled in a crawfish clench between <laughs> Coach O's jaws and an accompanying punch to the gut. LSU ends up winning the game 27 to 24. Gentlemen, can we get one last? Go, go Tigers! We head to the bog where the Sunshine Showdown shiz show did not disappoint. I said shiz. 
-huh. in a game that resembled NHL Hits 2002. Ooh. Damian pierced the Noel defense without his helmet for the play of the year. The curse of Dan Mullen was broken, like Mike Nordelstrom Rack. And as the Seminoles outsucked the Gators and literally whiffed on an onside kick. The fireworks ended a 24-21 win for Florida over their bitter in-state rivals, Florida State. Brennan Strongarm threw for over 400 yards again! Whoa. But Bronco Hall got bucked off another rivalry win. Sound familiar? That's sad. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> the Cavaliers lost to something called a hokey. Hmm? Is that a sandwich? Please, someone tell us what that is. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hoagie boom. <laughs> <laughs> and have now lost four straight. Oh, the curse of losing <laughs> to BYU and then sucking. <laughs> Live and well. For the hoagies, Blackshear, Burmeister, and Blumrick. <laughs> Combined for over 300 yards rushing. Deleting their side to a 29 to 24 dub. <laughs> Oh, it was a sad day in America on Saturday as the whole country took an L in four overtimes. <sighs> Auburn somehow shut down Bryce Young and the Alabama offense for 59 minutes and 25, 20 seconds, <laughs> but took a crap in the Iron Bowl, letting them come back in 40 seconds flat. <sighs> Alabama gets the very much not deserved victory in preparation for a blowout at the hands of Georgia, 24 to 22. It was a ferocious battle of aquatic species and a beautiful neon green on green uni matchup. Mm -hmm. As the Oregon State Beavers tried to damn the ducks and finish the season with everything in the garden feeling rosy. However, Anthony Antonio Brown Brown whacked <laughs> his way to three touchdowns and the ducks won this bench clearing brawl 38 to 29. Mm -hmm. Gotta love the Civil War, boom. Do you smell something burning? <laughs> <laughs> Cause it smells like somebody left the stove on, and the state shaped like a frying pan is burning. Oh, oh no! Lincoln Riley, slightly Riley, got a connecting flight to Bedlam. W three where? <laughs> Caleb Williams choked away a nine point fourth quarter lead. You still want Caleb? Boom. Okay, state keeps the CFP hopes alive. While well, Riley said, "See ya." Wouldn't wanna be ya. While he rattled, get it? On over to USC. And the Cowboys walked away with a 37 to 33 victory. Wow. Well, well, <laughs> cliffhanger. The cliffhanger. <laughs> that was a fun one. That was a fun <laughs> one. Goodness Ooh. golly, me oh my. Interesting. Well, I mean, mm. that about does it for us here. Mm -hmm. Some huge games. You obviously heard everything that you needed to know about all of them yeah. in that. Fastest 15. Very efficient. Yep, very, yeah, very, very, very much so. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in to this episode of the Les Talk podcast. Make sure if you enjoyed this episode to leave a review, preferably five stars. That would be very yes. friendly. Mm, yes. Make sure to subscribe, download. It helps more than you know. Uh, please check out our Instagram and our Twitter at Les Talk Pod. And also check out our website, lestalkpodcast.com. We're posting a lot of content. You guys are really going to enjoy following us. We're up to 95 followers. If we can Ooh. push it over the 100, that would be absolutely incredible. Let's go. We love you guys. See you next time. Love you. Thank you. Because someone came in the mail today. No, I did. These nuts. <laughs>
Gotti! Gotti!